podcast nine. Thank you, Richa, for coming on my podcast. Um, a lot of the things that we talk about are, you know, related to things like race and uh, what's going on right now in terms of current events. Um, I know that we're in the midst of an, uh, you know, a huge epidemic, the the pandemic of coronavirus. Um, and you know, I'm happy that you're here on the podcast to talk about it. So introduce who you are to our listeners because um, they're very, very interested in learning. Hi, everyone. I'm Richa. Um, I'm about to graduate Maney's High School as class of 2020. Um, and then I'll be attending Claremont McKenna College in Claremont, California. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping to major in PPE, which is politics, philosophy, and economics. Um, and at Claremont, I'm hoping to continue a lot of the stuff that I did throughout high school, like Rotary Interact, um, hopefully um, keep playing tennis and just doing the things that I love, joining new clubs, volunteering in the area, exploring the area. Um, so yeah, those are all the things that I'm really excited about and hope to keep doing. Um, the end goal is to probably go into human rights law um, inter- on the international level because I love to travel. Um, but honestly, we'll just see where life takes me. <laughs> Fair enough. Why human rights? Um, so I actually took an international human rights course the summer before my junior year. Um, and I fell in love with the course. I thought it was just like, like even the readings, like the fat textbook readings were just so interesting. Um, and like, it was stuff that I truly like believed in, like helping other people. And like, um, I don't like no one ever wants to see like people discriminated against for their like, um, income level or their race and like some of the things that you talk about on this podcast are a lot of the things that like I stand for um and so it's just like bringing awareness to all those situations and doing what I can to help all those people going through those times where the law is against them definitely that makes a lot of sense uh one of the career choices I'm also considering is human rights law so hopefully I'll see you at Harvard Law um class of 27 (laughs) yeah Uh, We'll see. Really we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but that's awesome. So I wanted to, <laughs> I want to talk about two things. Uh, first is the you know pandemic and the effects that it's having on schools. I know that's something that you're also interested in talking about and sort of expressing your ideas, um, as well as the recent shooting of a young black man by two, you know, white people. Well, not recent. It happened a while ago, but it didn't gain any attention until recently yeah. because. Uh, no arrests were made, but you know now people are realizing that that event did happen. So, first, what are your thoughts um, on that scenario? You know, are you shocked that we didn't get any information till months after, um, or is that not shocking, or is that just sort of normal, or has it become normal these days? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it goes to show how. Sorry, can you hear me? Yes. I can't hear you. Okay, go ahead. Now I can hear you. Okay, sorry. Um, I think it just goes to show how bad the situation has gotten gotten to in our country because 
things like these, like things like this shouldn't be swept under the rug. Like it was not a big deal. I mean, this is literally history, history repeating itself. Um, we've been through these times before when like lynchings were an everyday thing, but like at this point in our lives, like this is big news. And the fact that it just wasn't publicized at all goes to show a lot of things about just where society is as a whole. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I feel like the, um, the, the problem we're seeing now, I don't know. I'm I like truly appalled at the whole situation. I, I feel like the problem we're seeing now uh, is that the death of black folk in America is starting to become normalized, i.e. it's just it happens so frequently that people sort of paper over it. I, you're breaking up. I feel like I feel like we're just kind of repeating like the past. And we're letting history repeat itself um, again, which is absolutely like not the point of um, not the point of like learning history and like um, just going through all these things that we are going through because we should be advancing. But I think it's really just becoming part of everyday life where it's like black people are not on the same playing field. And it's, it's a, it's a very widespread problem. It's not just um, local to some states or some occurrences. Things like this, um, his death, should have been, even now, like yeah, it should have been immediately publicized. But also, the correct consequences should have been in place, and they still aren't. Even after all the social media coverage, TV coverage, everything there still aren't consequences being put in place. Um, yeah, the the, guy, Gregory and Travis uh, McMichael, um, the the people that, you know, shot and killed him, they normally people, you know, if they've suspected of murder, they would be arrested on the spot. But we didn't see an arrest actually happen till it gained media recognition. And then people went out and they started protesting. Um, but that's the problem is that why does it require a reaction by the public for a consequence to be uh implemented or main or, or made but wh why is it why doesn't it happen when that in instance happens when that event happens in the first place and this consequence was was literally just for show they arrested him they're not doing anything they they are um they aren't convicted they aren't sent to prison for the rest of their lives nothing like that um the arrest of them was literally just to um, somewhat please all the protesters. But mm -hmm. in reality, justice hasn't been ensured. Um, and Ahmad hasn't had justice served to him because the society isn't on his side. They're protesters, but everyone who actually holds the power is not doing what they're supposed to be doing and this is like um so kind of connecting this back one of the like reasons i wanted to pursue ppe um philosophy politics and economics is because i truly believe that like our political political world is a cycle of 
money, power, and then action from the people who hold the power. So money is what gets you the power. Um, that's how your name gets out there. It's how you're publicized to the world. Um, and like you could see this kind of with our current president. Um, he was a multi-billionaire. Like that's how his yeah. name got out there. That's how he got supporters. So um, he financed like that. his campaign. So, yeah, like money truly buys you your power. And then once you have that power, you're in the authority to do what you want. And that's kind of where like I see the philosophy come in because or ethics come in because you could either make the ethical choices or you cannot. It depends on the type of person you are, how you were raised, things like that. Um, and like, that's why I truly believe that like our political system can be so corrupt at times because it's not built on a base where it's not built on an equal playing field. It's built on a place where money and prestige buy you the power. Um, and because of that, people aren't, <laughs> it's not fair. Like people who hold the power don't truly stand for um, the beliefs of all citizens. They really don't. And like a lot of times justice isn't served because the people who hold the power don't believe in justice for all people. They don't believe in equality of all races, of all economic levels. They just don't. Because at the end of the day, they're also protecting the interests of themselves, their family yeah, and, and the people around yeah. them. And that's why everything is so interconnected in the world. Um, like money plays such a big role in like politics because, I mean, a lot of they're yeah you're right they are just protecting their own interests and whether that be like, um, I could bring up so many instances like the NRA protecting their own interests, um, the Trump administration protecting um, gun rights because of the NRA and like where their economic standings are and where they're receiving funding from. And it's just like so many things like economics play into the ethics that are like. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. It's it's not something that can just be separated. And so only look at it from a one, only looked from one, you know, unipolar view, but rather it's multifaceted that it's, it's it rather intertwined with economics, you know, capitalism, neoliberalism, politics, etc. That's, all sort of comes together and that's why it's hard to come up with a solution for all of these things because coming up with a solution you know in the abstract might be kind of simple like what we can do but then implementing that solution is where uh things start to get uh difficult and you know a lot of people would say that the killing of Ahmad is the um new form of lynching and right it's it's not that you know past in history people would be hung from trees but this is the new form of lynching, um, killing black people on the streets for absolutely no reason. Um, and seeing that happen even to this day, and then people justifying it by saying that they thought he was a burglar is, is, not, is not only like not justified because you, you killed an innocent man. Two, he was jogging. And, thir and three, that assumption that he's a burglar for the, for the only point that he was black shows you know, society, the society views black folk as criminals. The stereotype of criminalization is what justifies these mass killings. Um, and people get away with it. And that's the problem. Yeah, it really is. And another big thing is that it's so hard to change it because these like preconceived notions are kind of just hardwired into our brains. Um, and it, it's not, 
it is worse for some um, than others. I truly believe that um, the his murderers are um, the McMichaels. They they had bad intentions. It wasn't preconceived notions. It's not that they just they. It's not that they honestly thought he was a burglar. Um, they were using that as an excuse. But I think in other situations where people do like honestly believe that oh he was a burglar that's why he was running and might kill him or like many instances of police brutality where they think oh he's pulling out a gun or anything like that um and the cases that they really are they truly don't have any weapons on them things like that it is all just preconceived notions that are hardwired into our brains and everyone has them um not just for black black people but for like all people like we all have um different things like wired into our brains just because that's how society is and that's how they've been so it's a very difficult idea to change and it's not one that will come easy but i hope that it's one that will become more apparent in the coming years um and hopefully one where like i feel like our generation is already so much better at it than other generations and have like better ideas of it um and are just more accepting and i hope that we can all pass it on to the next generation and things will start turning around for the better at some point you know i really hope it does but it begs the question of you know who the political leaders are that actually take the uh, steps necessary to actually change these things um but how do you think that the, all of this stuff plays out when we, we you know we're all stuck at home during quarantine what you doing because like you know people are asking that all of this stuff's happening people are protesting on the streets but at the same time we're all locked at home because of this pandemic how do you think that sort of comes together oh that's a tough question um People definitely should not be protesting on the streets right now, even though it is an important cause. Um, I think that their health and safety are um, more important than something that they should do in person. I think it's something that they can also use um, a social media database to get the message out about. Um, but it, it's a very tough question. Um, oh, yeah, I understand. I, it's like, you know, in one way, people definitely should go out and protest what happened. But then it's like if they do protest, then we have the side effect of people being infected with the virus and then more people are yeah. hospitalized. So on one hand, do you risk the hospitalization of a lot of people or do you go protest the cause that deserves a protest? Um, because, you know, online protests work, but... In-person protests work sometimes better. But then there's also backlash from, you know, law enforcement and people. Uh, so it's just a really confusing question. I guess there's no answer to it at the current moment. Hopefully when all this corona stuff goes away or starts to or everything starts to open back up, then we can that people then people are able to effectively create a strategy to protest certain things in the yeah. mechanisms. But what I truly believe is that all those people who are going out there and risking their lives to protest the end of this um, stay-at-home order should go put that protesting that they're already doing 
into a much better use and go protest his death which they won't because the same it's very it's two different people it's two very completely different groups and like that just goes to show how society is um and it it will be the (laughs) the protests that are actually for good reason um i agree no protest should be happening right now but the ones that have better reasonings like um the ones for ahmad should shouldn't be the ones that are that are like dangerously stopped by police. I think it should be the ones of people who are trying to end a stay at home order by going. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And those are the ones that need to be stopped. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Okay. So, you know, we sort of switched this conversation to the pandemic. Uh, You said that you were sort of interested in the ways that schools um, and the education system has been mixing itself with the pandemic. Talk about that. Uh, You know, what were your thoughts on that? I think it's just a very, like, again, a very complicated situation where it's, like, I know that they're, like, schools and especially, like, universities are trying to be very accommodating to their students, but it's not an easy time. And especially for seniors, um, I feel like it's just very difficult right now for, like, everything, including school. And I know, like, most of us just, like, don't have the motivation in us or others of us are like, I I don't know. I've just been extremely busy because I've been working. um, I work at a senior living home and I've been working there since October. Um, But right now as like college decisions came out, I found out where I was going. I got my financial aid. I put it on myself to save up for my own tuition. Um, And so I've kind of just been working lots of hours and I love being at the senior living home um, because they truly appreciate it and they like having faces there, uh, friendly faces there. So I think it just puts us all in in a very difficult position with what to prioritize, but also like for the students that have lost family members or friends during this time, like, I just feel like our education system isn't handling it well. I mean, like, one of my best friends, he lost his father. um, Like, one of my good friends, he lost his father to COVID. um, And he lives in Long Island, but he goes to Cornell University. um, And so he's just carrying on, like, nothing. Like, his classes are still going. He's still expected to put in all the work, like, there really aren't any accommodations being made. And I think it's just, like, a very hard time, whether it's that or people who are, like, who suffer through depression and it's only getting worse right now because they're stuck at home and don't have any friends to go out with or any, like, human interactions or uh, people who are stuck in abusive homes. And, like, there's so many different scenarios of, like, things going on where I just feel like it's not being addressed like it should be definitely uh because i mean take the example of the you know your friend you know he just lost one of his he just lost his father and then now he has to go back and take a test probably for all of his classes for finals he has to study for them while at the same time you know handling his family taking care of his mother like that's that's tough and you know students are given a lot of uh 
you know, society tells a lot of students that you, you know, that, that they have it easy, that we have it easy. Um, but then, you know, in a time like this, when people are infused with the pandemic, you know, being at home and for a lot of students being at home is not easy in and of itself, you know, especially if they suffer from things like depression or anxiety, um, or maybe abuse at home from parents, you know, thinking about that, what some of the younger children, it, it becomes harder. Um, schools definitely are not providing the most adequate, adequate resources, but then it also begs the question of what those adequate resources could be, how schools should, you know, formulate that, do that. Is there enough time to figure out a response team, um, that can come up with adequate responses, come up with the best ways to, um, you know, prevent students from having such burdens, um, you know, I, I know high schools in the area are doing their best, i.e. helping out families financially. But in terms of emotional uh, emotional sort of violence, uh, for lack of a better word, that's happening, what's the, you know, what, what can be done to prevent that? And, and that's, I, I, and that I think is one of the biggest issues that this pandemic is spreading around. I, yeah, I agree. I think it is because no one really knows where to go from here. Um... And it, it is the f- first time we've ever been put in this situation. Um, but I don't know. I wonder, like, how it would have been if it was, like, handled a little differently. If maybe, like, our semester was shortened and, like, we weren't expected to go on till our graduation day. I know so many of us are tired of staring at our screens for eight oh, hours yeah. a day. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't... It's it's just a very interesting question that has so many layers to it, but it's just maybe it is just because it's the first time we've been in this situation. We don't really know what to expect, but I mean, I'm hoping that that the situation doesn't happen again because <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to avoid that. But it is possible that we see a wave two of this virus coming in the fall, um, <laughs> and then a problem with that could be that. Everyone, so let's say states start to open back up and then, uh, you know, everyone starts to prepare for school in the fall, particularly seniors who've just graduated that are going off to college, maybe even out of state. They get everything ready. They go there. They start their classes. And then as winter rolls around in November, December, we see COVID coming back. And then the spring semester or the second semester, you know, from January through uh, the end of the year is then canceled again. And that could be horrible, um, not only for like athletes, but, you know, academically speaking, people, especially freshmen who are taking classes or seniors, again, you know, next year seniors, we see all of this replay itself. And I guess the only way to prevent this is through vaccines. And uh, clearly there hasn't been any, you know, big progress when it comes to a vaccine for the virus. I know that there was a University of Pittsburgh researcher um, who came really close to figuring out the uh, where the virus started and a possible vaccine, but it just a few days ago he was murdered. Um, yeah, yeah, he 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 was murdered, and uh, he was literally just about to find, uh, you know, not only a possible cure, but he was on the verge of a breakthrough. Was it related to? It, he wasn't killed due to the virus. He he was literally murdered by someone. No, no, no. I mean, like, was it related to the fact that, like, he was so close to finding a cure? Or, like, Well, that's the question. Now, like, we, we can talk conspiracies here, but the question remains is, 
the person that you know murdered him did he work for a specific government did he work for a specific foreign entity like these are all questions that you know people are asking on social media and maybe somebody did just kill him and it was something personal um or maybe that there was some other motive behind it but you know that's not something that we know or probably is not something that we will ever ever find out uh that's absolutely ridiculous and i know oh my gosh so I had I, no idea. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will find the article that I read about that, and I'll send it your way uh, if you want to take a look at it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's the time that I had today to talk with you. I know that it's not a lot of bit of time. It's not a lot of time, but um, I really wanted to get as much time as I could to speak with you and pick your brain because you're a very smart individual. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for taking time out of your day. Of course. Thank you for having me.